And if you are in the freight tech space, that whole SVB news, I mean, that really took you back. People were talking about maybe payrolls not getting met. It it seemed like a really, really bad situation. So I'm giving the Oscar to uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Because everything could have gone wrong everywhere, all at once if, uh, you know, this didn't go through on the weekend. So good to hear. I know a lot of you were probably concerned as well. And, you know, it's funny because people are like, ah, is it just uh, tech bros that this was impacting? But no, it was so many different companies that are entrenched in this space. People go, well, why, did, why do they have more than 250000 in in any of these one locations? But a lot of the, the terms and deals that happened to this bank precluded their ability to do that. So I don't know. There's going to be some fallout. There's going to be some shakeout from all this. I, I'm not an economist. I'll have to get someone smarter than me. All I can say is... Anyways, on the show today, I'm talking to American tanker trucking badass Taylor Barker about trucking waste out of East Palestine. We got some music from him. We might even share some ghost stories. We're going to talk to Street Drone. They're on a mission to automate the yard. We got two great guests from there. Their founding team of Mike Potts and Mark Preston. And we got Reed Loostalot. Lost a lot? Loost a lot. I've actually never heard his last name said out loud. He's from Lost Freight. He's building a capacity network. He's also got an AI excuse generator, and he's going to help me go through some stupid videos. But let's tip the band, and we'll jump all into this. Supply chain challenges are not always easy, but the commitment from the team at Dunavant Logistics to take on the responsibility is unwavering. Dunavant, logistically speaking, they are at the center of it all. Visit them at Dunavant.com. Dot com. All right. It is Taylor Barker. He's owner-operator at Hennef Transportation, and he's looking good in the cab of his truck right now. What's up, Taylor? What's up, Dooner? How's it going, brother? Where are you, uh, where are you sitting today? Where uh, Where's the truck parked? I am in Arkansas at a Love's near outside of Little Rock. Yeah? How's the day treating you? You've been, did you have to sit through the weekend? Did you just go out on your run today? Uh, I'll, I'll deliver in the morning at Deer Park with this wastewater. You, so you're still doing the wastewater at a at a East East Palestine. He's coming from other locations. There's been so many different like hazmat spills. It's getting hard to keep track of it all. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the one on East Palestine right now, uh, going to Deer Park, Texas, and uh, we've been on that for the last month. And I think this will be the last load for a while. Interesting. Interesting. Well, for for people who are unfamiliar with you, give us a little background on yourself. You've been driving for a while. You've been strumming that guitar for a while. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been uh, here at Hennef about 13 years. We all came over from transport service. Uh, was 10 years tanking over there. So uh, got, got a few years under my belt, a few miles. And uh, also, I just wanted to point out, I had to wear my, my beard vet hat because the, the logo uh, is this side the logo looks just like you, man. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, I know. I, I don't know if uh, they need to sue me for IP theft or I need to sue them. I'm not <laughs> sure whose who's beard came first. It was uh, it, it was great. You know, over the weekend, this video started going viral. And, and roll this tape right here. I want you to take a look at this, and I want you to give me your expertise. So there was this driver, Yahoo News reports, a trucker. He shared this footage of a chilling sighting on SR87 between Phoenix and Payson from March 11th. He said no other cars were in sight on the highway except this desolate landscape and then over in that right hand corner once he gets past that arrow 
if you look closely, I, there's some sort of apparition. I, I don't know. Is it a coyote? Is it a is it a ghost? The all the Australian drivers they were saying that there's this uh, out in Australia. There's like uh, Princess Pagilia or Pagilia. Are you familiar with any of this stuff? You see ghosts out there on the road? I am. I am not. I am not familiar with none of that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I've never seen a ghost on the road. I don't think. What do you think we're looking at there? Is that just a coyote? You know, it kind of looks like a coyote or a wolf or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, you must have I, some I weird know. encounters. You must have had some strange encounters on the road. You ever, uh, you ever have anything uh, supernatural or not so supernatural happen to you out there? What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you on the road? Oh, I don't think I should say that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's well, the weirdest radio-friendly yeah. thing? <laughs> uh. You know, maybe I'm just boring. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I uh, well, really care. <laughs> all right. Well, there seems like there's a story here that you just are afraid to tell. Um, maybe when you get a little yeah. bit more comfortable, a little deeper into this, you'll uh, yeah. you'll share it. I, I know. Yeah, I, you you are outspoken. I know you've seen a few things out there. Well, tell me about Ohio. How did this wastewater thing come about? What do they have you drivers out there doing? Well, we're right there at the derailment, and uh, and we're uh, just they got it in storage tanks, little trailer tanks. And uh, from my understanding, every time that it rains, they're pumping so to get to dilute the pollution, you know, and get it out of there. And they're hauling it to Deer Park. I don't really know what they're doing with it there. Uh, I'm just delivering it, and uh, it's an easy process, man. Thirty minutes loading, thirty minutes unloading. It's it's real plain and simple, and. Uh, and it's 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 paying the bills really good. Well, it took a those bit better than normal. <laughs> Taylor, it took the politicians like weeks to get out there. You went out there. You weren't afraid. I didn't see you in a hazmat suit or anything. Um, what led you down there? Were you concerned at all about uh, environmental risk or anything? Or you said, you know what? I'm an American trucker, and this is a job, and I got to do it. Well, I look at the big picture. I do this every day, and this ain't the dirtiest stuff we mess with, you know. Uh, Every single tank wash across the country has wastewater, and it's a lot far, far more probably pollutant than this is than what I'm hauling. Now I'm not discrediting what's on the ground out there and the pollutants up there because I know it's really bad, but I'm just talking from the perspective of hauling it. Uh, personally, I didn't smell anything either while I was there, uh, and I didn't drink the water, so uh, you know it's just another day in the office. Well, how is the office going? You know, we uh, on Freightways, we cover a lot about rates and volumes and, and what's going on. And uh, they haven't been great. Have you guys been doing well over at Hennef? What are you seeing from your seat? What are you liking about trucking right now? Well, I tell you, uh, my, my success uh, here at Hennef comes from uh, what I call a great leader. And, and, and Bobby Hennef is, in my opinion, a great leader. Uh, our rates are really decent, and and, uh, and I can't. This is probably my best year of trucking right now. Uh, Bob, Bobby's just a good, solid businessman, and uh, and I'm just blessed that I have a that he has a spot for me to fill. And uh, it, it's it's been great so far this year. And and I know now. Keep in mind, I'm a lease operator, lease to Hennef, so uh, I'm running under their authority. Uh, I'm not hitting load boards, so. It's been great, man. 
Well, that's got you protected. You don't want to be out on those load boards right now. What, what's been bothering you? What's been grinding your yeah. gears? What's bad about trucking right now? Maybe not in your situation, just in general. You talk to a lot of drivers. What do you wish would change in this industry? Well, one thing that really just pisses me off, if you want me to be honest with you, yeah. is when I go to park like in a rest area and the trucks park this way and they park this way and some dummy parks this way right behind the trucks and takes up seven spots. That, that really irritates me. <laughs> but other than that, I'm, I'm happy go lucky, man. I, <laughs> I'm happy go lucky, man. I'm patient. I don't, nothing really bothers me out here. I'm just, uh, just another day, man. I just, I don't, I don't get excited over little stuff. At the end of the day, it's just another day at work, man. And, you know, I, I try to keep a positive attitude and, and good spirits and, uh, and, and I try not to let things bother me. You know, I just, just kind of just handle it as it comes. Well, how about the state of trucker surveillance? That's been a, a hot topic, and it's you know it's only going to grow as visibility tools get out. Um, I just had a a gentleman, a lawyer on, a, 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 a expert witness on our last show, and he was talking about nuclear verdicts and in cab cameras and just the prevalence of them to protect carriers. What do you think of all this surveillance? So you're on the other end of it. You you and other drivers are the ones who are subjected to having a camera pointed at their desk. Well. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the cameras. Uh, I think what I do in my truck, as long as I'm doing my job, I, I do have a camera in my truck, but it's just facing outward. And I didn't like that either. And, uh, and then back in March last year, my truck got stolen oh. and that camera identified the thieves. So I'm kind of grateful for it now. So I look at it, you know, it depends on what perspective you look at. Uh, I'm okay with it in my dad or in my mirror in my windshield, but not looking at me. I don't, I don't care for that. Tell, tell us a story. I remember seeing those pictures online. You had the truck parked and some thieves got in there. Was there a resolution? What, what happened here? Yeah, um, it was at my house yeah. <laughs> out of all places. And uh, I was out of town. I, I was out of town in my pickup truck for a couple of days. And, uh, and apparently some guy wanted my truck more than I did. And he jumped in it and hot wired it and drove it off. And we found it in his front yard. And of course, he was arrested and and all that good stuff. So he got what he had coming to him. I got my truck back. Wow. He took it right to his own house. Not like the brightest thief on earth then. I, think, I, think, I don't think it was his house. I think it was where he was staying. He, he was a homeless guy. He was uh, bouncing around house to house. And uh, yeah, sure enough, man, just cranked it up and took off. And I was like, <laughs> some people, man, I didn't even get excited over that. I, I mean, I was fully covered, you know, so. I got my truck back and put it back together and we went back to work. Wow. Wow. Well, glad to hear that. Hey, how about we hear a song out of you? We got a, what I wouldn't give one of your tracks, man. Let's take a listen. Oh, it's rough. It's rough, but go ahead. <laughs> and I just wanted to give a big shout out to all you truck drivers out there that sacrificing your hometown and your you. family time just to make sure that America has what it needs to keep running. You guys are my heroes. Oh, we just got audio on this. We'll do a little no song that I wrote. I wrote this song a few some time back, and it's called What I Wouldn't Give for a Girl Like You. You say you give you all he can you say you want someone to 
love you You say you realize And that it takes time Well honey, I'm the man for you What I wouldn't give to be loved by you And what I wouldn't give for your love so true Wow, hey Taylor, great stuff. Where, let, tell me about it's the song. So when did you write it? Did you write it right there in the truck? And how I feel inside uh, I wrote it about it. I wrote about a, an ex-wife. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's always the most heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time ago. It's, that's actually rough and raw, man. It's uh, I hadn't got no pr production on that. It was just uh, something I was fooling around with in the truck and posted it. But uh, yeah, That's always the best stuff. <laughs> that's always the best stuff. How hey, are you going to so be at Max this year? I'm not, but the uh, the back the truck up team is. So Rooster and Justin will be there, and what the truck will be there. I'm coming in virtually. I'm going to be here at the desk. They're going to be on scene, so that's how uh, I'm going to be bringing in guests. But I will not be there in uh, physically, just virtually. Hey, people want to hear your music. They want to learn more from you. Where do I send them to? Uh, TaylorBarkerMusic.com. Excellent. Well, hey Taylor, thank you so much for your time. It, it, it's today. a work in progress. It's I a hear work you. in progress. So bear well, with I think <laughs> I think you did a great job. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, man. And, and thanks for that work thank you did you, down man. in Ohio. Getting that, that wastewater. Big fan, man. Care, Appreciate buddy. you. You too. All right, everybody. Meanwhile. their labor make it easier <laughs> straight down the hole Are you okay? Are you okay? that's what you got with that snow redneck engineering over there let's take a let's take a look at a video from straight drone to set the table here and give you an idea of what they're all about The 5G Cal project, or Connected Automated Logistics project, is a consortium of different organizations, including universities and private companies, which were brought together by the lead partner, Northeast Automotive Alliance, and it's to provide a proof of concept for automated logistics on the Nissan manufacturing site in Sunderland. So the project is all about retrofitting an existing yard tractor or terminal tractor vehicle capable of towing a 40-ton trailer between a, a parts warehouse and the main manufacturing site itself. And the way it does that is a combination of autonomy and teleoperation. So the teleoperation aspect really relies on a, on a 5G or a strong network. And in this case, we've got a private 5G network, which is in place, and that enables us to remotely control the vehicle from a location within the Vantech facility. The vehicle itself has a range of sensors available that we use within the different algorithms. So some of the main sensors we use are LiDAR, and that is to position itself within its... Wow, very, very cool. Hey, now, let's bring up Mark right now. He's Mark Preston over at Street Drone. Mark, that looked really, really neat. What were we, uh, what were we looking at over there? Who are you and what's Street Drone? 
Yeah, I'm one of the um, founders of Street Train. Uh, I'm an engineer from Australia, actually. I heard you talking about some Australian uh, animals on the road oh. there. I saw. Um, <laughs> Have I grew you heard up on of a that? Farm in, uh, in Australia. Have you heard of that legend? Well, Apparently, what? all the the uh, truckies over in Australia they say that there's this Princess Pagilia or something like that that's on the road that uh, that her spirit she harasses the truck drivers when they come through. I haven't heard that one, but there's also a lot of feral animals out there in the middle of Australia. I, I grew up in the middle of New South Wales, out in the, the back blocks and the and the outback there. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so what you were seeing there was um, yeah our autonomous yard logistics up at Nissan in Sunderland, the north of the UK, basically uh, taking trailers between two parts of the site. So there's a big um, inbound logistics center there run by Hitachi Vantech. Um, they're a third-party logistics supplier to, to Nissan. And um, we're running between, currently running between their site, which is about a two-mile journey from the inbound logistics to the Nissan's main uh, manufacturing site. So that's the truck there. Um, you can see it reversing in autonomously. That was quite a quite a big job when we figured out how to reverse a trailer into a dock. And so how did a gentleman from uh, Australia over here decide to take on the problem of automated yard logistics? Where did uh, where did the interest come from? Oh, it's a bit of a long story. I said so I drove. I started on a farm, and uh, one of my first jobs out of university was actually designing dangerous goods trailers um, in 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 Australia. I uh, then, after a bit of work, I came over to the UK to do Formula One. So I'm a bit of a motorsports person. Um, and then over the years, we sort of figured out that uh, autonomy was the next the next thing that we should be looking into. And um, we got involved in a big project up at uh, Nissan. Um, so I've come from the automotive kind of business, so it really uh, fits with what I've what I've done in my past. Very, very cool. So how did this start coming? All together, like what did you recognize as the problem and when did Street Drone start being a company? Yeah, we started in 2017. Um, actually, uh, some other companies, because I knew a lot about cars and, and trucks and things like that, we were asked by someone to have a look at a platform for developing software. And then along the way, we were looking for what would be the best use cases in the, in the near term. And anything that's really off-highway, so you know, not on the public roads, in our opinion, is the thing that's going to happen first in autonomy. And, and pretty much what happened was uh, some guys from um, Hitachi, Vantech, and Nissan said, you know, we need to do some, some ideas here to do some logistics in the yards up at, uh, up at Nissan. We got involved. The government sponsored a project, and uh, we did the first phase finish last year. And the second stage is now starting up, and we'll be running um, four electric yard tractors um, at Nissan over the next two years to hopefully – get that towards commercialization. So how does it work? I was, I was looking at that video and it looked like there was, there was that 5G network, there was the remote component, there's obviously the autonomous component that goes on the vehicle itself. How does it all come together and where do you fit in? Yeah, so we, we provide all the technology. The, the terminal tractor in this case is a, from a Dutch company called Turberg. Um, there's obviously many different truck companies around the world, but we provide the technology into the trucks to make them able to be autonomous. And then on top of that, we put our own self-driving software that can uh, drive the vehicles between the two sites. Um, because we were really experimenting with moving into these sites, we also had an element of teleoperation. And we got the truck drivers involved in, um, in teaching us, actually, what jobs they had to do. So you see that re reversing maneuver. That was actually, um, it was the truck drivers that helped us figure out how to do the, how to get the autonomous version working, actually. 
they they look after the vehicles. They probably look after about 10% of the journey um, with the drivers, and um, about 90% of the journey is currently autonomous. And that just allows us to do different jobs um, and deal with some complexities in the new sites that we're going into. So they've also been some of the best evangelists for us um, uh, up at uh, up at Nissan. So yeah, we provide the technology and and um, we work closely with Hitachi, Vantech, and Nissan to deliver the goods. Interesting. What kind of sensors are you using on these? We're using LiDAR and cameras, uh, uh, radar, and then we'll probably use some ultrasonics as well in the future for when, you know, you have to text if there's somebody underneath the truck before you started in the morning, those kind of things. You can't just, you can't just drive off in an autonomous truck because you need to know, you know, are the doors shut properly, are the, are the sensors working properly, are the, is everything, is the tires are not flat, you know, things like that. So there's quite a lot of work to do in um, even just driving a truck out of the out of the facility in the morning. And this is uh, in the UK right now, right? What is the tech environment like that here? Whenever I talk to US-based autonomous companies, one of the one of the, the big challenges that comes up is that regulatory environment and they're all trying to get certified and get through all that different testing and, and get different uh, levels of autonomy available on the road. What does UK look like? So um, this, because we're running on private roads, we only have to go to what they call the machineries directive. So the truck is treated like a piece of equipment um, at the Nissan site. So that has a different requirements to something that's on the road. So it's, let's say, easier, in inverted commas, to do it in a private road. So that's where we're focusing at the beginning. The on-highway stuff uh, that's developing at the same rate, we think somewhere in 2025 will be when they'll be allowing um, full autonomy on the roads in um, with no safety driver in the in the vehicles. You know, most places in US, Europe, um, you can run autonomously on the roads, but you have to have a safety driver. So the next challenge is getting the safety driver out of the vehicle. And we'll be doing that as well up at uh, Nissan. Interesting. So let's talk about this a little bit. You, you kind of have this use case going on already. What are you learning throughout this this project about the needs and the scope of what has to happen here? So what we, some of the more interesting things we uh, are coming across is that there'll be more and more elements to the autonom- uh, the automation of the, the yards themselves. So maybe trucks and trailers that unload and load themselves. So there's still the problem of, you know, disconnecting and connecting the Suzy lines and things like that. So we've got to, we've got to make sure that we can, you know, solve some of the more practical jobs that a, an autonomous truck will have to do. But what we're seeing is it may change the way that you do some of the logistics. So Maybe we don't have to um, switch trailers all, all the time uh, during the, the, the day's work. Maybe we'll um, have uh, trailers that are more specifically for certain jobs and the trailers will be able to load and unload themselves. So there's, there's lots of ideas that we think will happen as, um, as the autonomy becomes more common. So there's quite a lot of interesting um, elements to it. And we, as I say, we're just getting going on the next stages where we're really going to get into having uh, total routes that are um, uh, that are with with trailers that are autonomous autonomous is the focus just on yards you're also focusing on trucks outside of yards perhaps robo taxis how about that we think we think we get a focus on the um, private roads so the next areas that we see are ports so there's a lot of port operations obviously around here in europe you know in the us you've got things like la ports and others where um, there's a lot of movements of containers within ports and within private roads that are around ports um, so we think that that just just looking at industrial logistics like Nissan and 
ports is almost going to be enough to keep us busy for, for quite a few years before you even get into the, what's happening with robo-taxis and, and other elements. Was there a big learning curve for, for your team? Like, what's the hardest thing you had to overcome or, or solve while trying to build out these uh, autonomous vehicles? The reversing maneuver was one that everyone said we couldn't do. So many of the people that, you know, used to um, yard logistics said, oh, you'll never be able to reverse the truck. And we weren't quite sure either at the beginning. But uh, working together with the drivers who were actually saying, no, no, that's not how it really works in real life when you reverse a trailer. You know, you've got to look at this and look at that. And so the guys all work together really well. We used the teleoperation so that the drivers could sort of teach us how they reversed a, a trailer. And then they, they all worked together and figured out how to reverse a trailer autonomously. That was one of the, the most fun ones to get right. And um, yeah, one of the biggest challenges for us. What do you have to consider for, for safety? So these are going through yards. You meant the regulators on private properties a little bit different. What do you have to, to factor in removing really heavy pieces of equipment here, really heavy trailers um, that could squash people? So what do you have to consider? Yeah, it's a huge part of the job. We've got a number of engineers whose job is just to look at functional safety is what we call it. So they have to do what um, big studies at the beginning to look at the risk factors of being on these sites. Um, have to train people so the people on the sites also know that the trucks are on the sites, how to interact with them, who's got right of way. We're still, you know, uh, moving through some of the uh, areas there. In the video, you'll see that the truck stops at one of the non-priority junctions. And currently, we use the teleoperation driver to allow the truck to move so that um, uh, we don't get ourselves into trouble with, you know, not communicating correctly to other trucks that are driving around the site. So safety is a huge element of it and, and really a, a big part of setting it all up. So we work with Nissan, their health and safety people, uh, to make sure that everyone understands how the trucks work, what they're doing. And as I said, we have safety drivers in the trucks currently, so their job is to also um, look out for the safety. And as time goes on, we'll add more and more elements of safety such that you can see there, uh, Craig on the left, um, who's the, the one looking out for any problems uh, during the during the operations at the site. So it's a, it's a process. And over the next two years, we hope to commercialize uh, this yard logistics up at, um, up at Nissan. What's the funding environment like there, like out in the UK? And uh, you don't have like a SVB situation like um, we just encountered here, do you? Yeah, we had SVB. The the UK government um, bailed it out this morning, actually. So oh, I wow. think, um, uh, but luckily we weren't involved in the in in SVB, so um, it hasn't affected us. Uh, it is tight out there. It's quite difficult raising money. We're currently raising a Series A round at the moment, and it's um it's hard work. It's got a bit easier in in 2023. 2022 was pretty um pretty tight, but um. Now that we've got these projects moving along with, with Nissan and others, I think uh, there seems to be a, a speeding up of um, interest in this area. There's, as you know, I've heard on your on your program here, there's a, a lack of enough people that want to drive trucks. Um, so there's a, there's a demand definitely from the from the logistics operators to to um, provide technology. So it's getting better, but it's still difficult. And things like SVB doesn't help. No, no, it sure won't. Well, what's got you excited in autonomy? What's the next breakthrough or next thing that sh people should be excited about that's on the horizon? I think for us, it'll be getting the driver out. So, you know, properly um, being able to operate um, without the driver in the cab. Um, that'll be the next step. And that'll, that'll happen over the next two years. So it's not, not going to happen quickly, but it's, um, it will happen. 
um, over the next two years. And that's our that's our focus at Street Trade. And if someone wanted to, someone's over in the UK, they want to start using this system. Is that is that available? Or you're figuring out what you're doing with Nissan, as you mentioned, or where where do you go from here? Yeah, I think we are talking to a number of other people about proof of concept. So taking the same idea of what we've got um, at Nissan, we're talking to a number of port operators around Europe as to whether or not we can move to another um, proof of concept with them. So yeah, first stages is proof of concept, figure out what the use cases are with the um, with the customer, and then decide together, you know, what would be the first best step um, to move into autonomous logistics. So that's uh, that's usually the the best way to get in contact with us, and we'll figure out with you what the the best use use cases are at this early stages of autonomy. Well, 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 very cool. So people who want to find out more, where do I send them to? Yeah, send them to our website, streetdrone.com. Um, so, yeah, they can find out anything they need to know there. We're also on all the social medias and everything. So you can uh, follow us in a number of places. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on the show and best of luck with Street Drone. Take care, sir. Radio, thank you. Good stuff. All right. Send us the hard stuff. That's what Dunn Event Logistics says. When you run into that really challenging logistics nightmare that keeps you up at night, call the good folks over at Dunn Event. They make headaches disappear. Visit them at dunnevent.com. All right, it's Reed. Loosed a lot? Lost a lot? Please advise on your name, sir. It's co-founder at Lost Rate. Reed. <laughs> it's that, Dude, how do I say what's that? up, man? You, you, you're, 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 you're close. So loosed a low with no T on the end, lost a lot. I've heard it all. So any of those work. Well, what Steely Dan song would um, is the closest to this SVB situation? If you were you're sitting there, you're concerned about it. What uh, what song are you throwing on the radio from Steely? Man, you're putting me on the spot with that one. Holy yeah, cow! Well. Um, hmm. Hmm. Any major fool. Uh, on their first album. That's what wow. comes to mind for me. And, yeah. Um, the whole Dude, I didn't think you were going to come out the gate with the Steely Dan question. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I was looking on your profile and said you were a huge Steely Dan fan. So I'm like, maybe. And I know you've probably thought about, you know, SVB all weekend. You're on Twitter. You can't. There's 7,000 uh, Twitter threads uh, explained to it. People trying to convince you the world's ending. People trying to convince you it's not. Either way, it was it was bad. Before we kind of jump into you, though, because it, it's such a topical thing and you are a freight tech founder. Were you concerned at all about this news? Like how in your mind, how bad was this news? Um, so we don't, we don't bank with them. So it wasn't yeah. really like a personal issue, but I mean, obviously it's like super concerning for all the companies out there who do. And, and like you said, I do live on Twitter. So, I mean, it was, I, any, everyone in their mother was tweeting about it. And, and all of a sudden everybody is, you know, a, a fractional reserve banking expert. I didn't know which way it was up. I didn't really comment on it publicly because I honestly, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out too. So Super concerning, though, nonetheless. Yeah, well, that doesn't stop most people from clicking down the caps locks and just, you know, yelling about <laughs> any any other topic. You're a little bit more reserved. That's that's why I like you. So tell me about this hat, too. I mean, this is like, this is, this is, this is the top. This is the apex of, of fashion design right here, this please advise hat. You get nonstop compliments on it, and I heard it was even pretty economical to make. Tell me about the hat. 
Honestly, man, like this thing, somebody the other day, I was at a baseball game, asked, came up to me and asked me if it was designer. I was like, yes, it is. I, yes, it, I'm it, a designer. It is very, I designed it personally with uh, a Expo marker. And obviously, uh, you, you can see there's like a little outline I tried to trace, like to cover this patch that's on the hat currently. Uh, but I was too lazy to use uh, scissors to cut on the line. So I just kind of ripped it. Uh, but I think that's what gives it its like bespoke look. So yeah, yes. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I think if that just looked like it was just you know chopped up, that that's that's the whole thing. It's sort of like you know my, my Arkansas sign behind me. That is like a reproduction of that sign. But you know what? It looks like it was made by a three year old, so people think it's authentic. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it's all about, man. Well, you are pretty authentic. How did you get into Lost Freight? What is Lost Freight? How did you start this company? Where did this all come about? Yeah, man. So I, I started it about uh, shoot June of last year, started kind of going down this path of building a really simple tracking portal, uh, sold it to uh, a, a customer, thought I was going to do it, sell it to other people. Turns out nobody else really wanted it. Pivoted, brought a partner on, uh, my partner Jake, in September. Uh, we decided on the direction we're going on now, which is a platform for carriers to share their capacity with the broker partners in real time. Um, Jake looked at my code that I'd written for kind of the first iteration of the platform. And he was like, this is trash. I'm going to do it all myself. So he's kind of redone it all. Um, and he's, he's handling all the technical stuff and I'm kind of like just about everything else. Uh, prior to this, I, I mean, I've been in freight my entire career, which is about eight years, um, spent five of it as a care sales rep. Um, and, and that's really the experience I've drawn on in building this platform and sharing capacity. Um, I, I basically kind of reflecting on that experience, reflecting on how I spent my time, I was like, you know, most of my day was spent calling carriers repeatedly, just asking them the basic question, where do you have capacity? Where are your trucks? I did that about, you know, 15 times, 15, 20, 30 times a day. And, and I, you know, really wanted to build something that made that process much, much more simpler. First and foremost for the carriers though, because that gathering of that information was super critical to my job as a broker, but also more so like really, really important for the carrier on the flip side. Like if they weren't making that information known to all the brokers they worked with easily, then they were likely missing out on freight. So, so that's really kind of the, the impetus for, for what we're doing here. So do you have users? How do people, how do people interact with the site? What are they doing on there? Yeah, so carriers, we, we do have users. Carriers just sign up. Uh, they create like a user account with their with just like their email or their Google account. And then with their user account, they create a carrier profile with their DOT number. Uh, and and then with that, they can invite other dispatchers or other users to manage the the, to manage the profile as well. Uh, they go through a simple profile creation process, which will they'll enter basic company info. They'll enter their contacts, their equipment info, and then they'll kind of tie it all together on this real-time capacity board we have. And, and then the, the end result is a public profile that they can send a link to all their brokers and say, hey, if you want to work with us, like I'm not going to send you a, a truck list anymore. Like You're not going to have to call me and ask me where my trucks are all the time. I'm just going to keep this updated, and you're going to be able to go to this link, and you're going to know where all my trucks are. Interesting. Why? Like, why did you start a, why did you start Lost Freight? I'm curious now. 
because because man, like the the gathering of capacity information is so critical. It was so critical to my job as a broker, right? Like if I didn't know where my carriers, like I was a carrier rep. So for those who don't know, my relationship at a brokerage was with carriers. I was looking at a big list of loads, and I was trying to book those loads with on trucks, right? And so I had carriers that I worked with every single day. And if I didn't know where they had trucks, I couldn't. I couldn't, I was, in, it was, I couldn't work, right? I couldn't book them. Obviously, you need to know where they have trucks in order to book them, obviously. And so, obviously, there's, there's platforms out there where carriers are sharing this information now, load boards, right? And, but what, what, what you find, anyone who's got experience booking trucks, you know that not, not every carrier posts their trucks on load boards. And there's a variety of reasons for that. And if you look at me on Twitter, you'll, you'll see me kind of screaming from the mountaintops about that. Uh, but, but anyway, I wanted to give, a, I wanted to create a platform that would kind of solve for all the reasons why carriers don't like posting their trucks on load boards and give them kind of a place to, um, a place to do it that kind of solved the, or checked the boxes for why they weren't doing it there. Uh, and, and quickly, I will say, you know, because they, a lot of them don't post on load boards, they resort to really, really manual methods of communicating this capacity info. Like they send email truck lists. Uh, and they emit some, a lot don't even do that. They just use like Google chat or any chat application. Uh, they wait for their brokers to call them. Right. And, and this information is so critical, like knowledge of where a carrier has trucks is in where they need freight is like critical to your job as a carrier rep in order to book them. Right. And so if like if I didn't know where my carrier side trucks, I was hosed and de facto they were hosed too for any sort of opportunities that I might have that might fit their, you know, you know, fit their needs. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's not the only thing you've been working on, too. And we mentioned your hat, please advise. But your hat is marketing your uh, trucker AI excuse generator. Tell me about <laughs> your new site uh, for helping drivers out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was playing around with the uh, OpenAI API and um, the same one that underlies ChatGBT for, you know, for all those out there who don't know what I'm talking about. But um, I was just thinking to myself, like, what implementation of this would actually be useful for, you know, for truck drivers? And the first thing that came to mind was, well, like, you know, you're late to an appointment. Give me an excuse. And so I basically prompted, I just wrote into the prompt, like, you know, write a really, you know, kind of insane, but believable excuse for why I might be late for uh, an appointment at a warehouse and just prompt the user to enter a warehouse name and, uh, you know, spit it out and you can copy and paste it and send it along. I mean, they're totally believable. Anyone who you send it to is going to just be like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. All right. Well, here is one. Here's an example. Let's see if it makes sense. So it's from Please Advise. Yeah. This uh, this is Walmart. You just put wherever you're supposed to show up the name in here. You click generate. And this is what it spits out. It says, I was running a few minutes late for my appointment at Walmart, but I was certain that I wouldn't miss it. Little did I know that I was being followed that day by a flock of wild emus that escaped from a nearby wildlife sanctuary. The emus followed me every step of the way until I got to Walmart. I soon realized I was stuck in a never-ending cycle of running around the parking lot with the emus uh, close on my heels. I ran around and around trying to lose the birds and eventually found myself inside the store. I knew that I had to make it to the back of the warehouse in time, but the emus kept up their pursuit. For a few, with a few heroic maneuvers and a little bit of luck, I managed to outrun the emus and made it to the back of the warehouse just in time for my appointment. Please advise. Wait, so you're not even late in that one. 
Hey, I, I guess not, man. But hey, you know, <laughs> I, I can count on I don't have enough fingers to count on every time that I've had a driver tell me they've had emus chasing them around a warehouse. So that makes is total this, sense. Is this the true potential of the GPT? We keep hearing about the GPT and then they're like, yeah, it's GPT three. But hold on a second. The GPT four is coming out and that isn't like yeah. four thousand data points is 40 billion trillion data points mm -hmm. is this where we're going with this or are your excuse is only going to get better i i mean i sure hope so man i like i i to date this is the most useful you know implementation of ai that i've seen for truck drivers i hope i genuinely hope somebody comes up with a better one i really do and i'm going to keep thinking about it but uh i mean let's see gpt4 might make the excuses that much better uh I, i'm really kind of fingers crossed hoping that that's the case what do you think it could do? How could it improve upon an excuse like that? Um, well, first of all, it could actually, you know, have a story for why you're late, not still yeah. say that you're on time. Yeah, that's um, weird. That, that was one weird. Was a bit, uh, <laughs> that one was a bit uh, screwed up. But um, yeah, dude, I mean, just more creativity, uh, just really honing in on the believability, I think, is 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 what we you know can expect from a better model. Now. I got to ask you a question about tech. I was watching a video over the weekend on ghost kitchens. I want to know your thoughts on ghost kitchens. Now, if you open up, for those of you who aren't familiar, you open up like Uber Eats or any of these things, you are in danger of potentially ordering from one of these, these ghost kitchens. Now, there's some of them like the Mr. Beast Burger. Yeah, everyone knows it's a ghost kitchen. But what they are is it means that there's like, well, there's a few types. So what I learned is there are a few types. There's like the kind that's like dedicated, like a catering company that also sets aside some of their stuff to make Mr. Beast Burgers. But then there's like the chilies of the world that have their own food, but then they have fake companies that are within the app that are more like, narrowed down to selling wings like like Wingstop or, or whatever we i know Wingstop's some company but they have it like that what are your thoughts on all this i mean dude like it's funny that you brought this up because i was in the chipotle line like a couple months ago and i was talking to the manager because there were so many mobile orders coming in and i talked to the manager and i was like do you guys like these mobile orders and he's like no we we don't really like them because our kitchen's not equipped to handle the volume that comes in from these mobile ordering apps right and I was like, that makes total sense. Like these lines aren't designed for that. So, you know, whether or not it's a ghost kitchen, whether or not it's like a, they're kind of contracting out the uh, the making of the food. I mean, that's like potentially a quality problem. But like these these companies who offer mobile ordering, like do need to, you know, kind of figure that out. <laughs> do you think it's unethical for Chili's to pretend they're a completely different wing restaurant? Yes, I do. Very much so. Especially Chili's, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Chili's, Chili's, I, I mean, I'll be honest, dude, I haven't been to a Chili's in a long time, but that's, that's by design because I have such good memories of going there and getting queso dip as a kid. Well, I will tell you tech wise, like Chili's, uh, Chili's was like leading way ahead of everybody on like the on table ordering. They had that on table thing down pat in their bar way before like COVID happened and you had to use QR codes and all that BS. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm going to let Chili's live in my memory because I it's like so high up on a pedestal. But I feel like if I went now, I'd be disappointed. Like I ask you, do, do you go to a lot of conferences? No, but I'm going to Matt's in two weeks. OK, how are you going to draw attention to yourself at Matt's? That the please advise hat. <laughs> what do you think about? Yeah, I well, I was going to show you something here. Let's let's rate let's rate this. Yeah. You think Fraser Fraser Kinsey over at at Warp did a good job here? Roll roll the tape. He's out at a conference over the oh, weekend. Yeah, I saw this. 
now that that Mickey Mouse IP went away, I guess everyone's just jumping in the suits. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good, man. Yeah, I, I saw them post this. Uh, that's that's I hopefully I'm hoping that they generated a lot of buzz off that um, because you got to be I mean, you got to be shameless walking around these things. I feel like so you I'm need like an, you need an easy way for someone to to say like how to find you like oh it's the guy in like the bright orange thing or the guy with the mickey mouse ears or the, the tall guy with the, like the beard or the guy in the orange pole i mean you need something that like sticks out because there's like two three thousand people at these things you need either like the mickey mouse you, you I'm got into it, it man you have to I think you're going to do well. Well, how about we rate some strap work right now? Let's take a look at this final mile delivery um, on what's going on here. So we got this FedEx truck. Oh, man, truck. I saw this. I saw you this did. this morning. Holy cow, yeah. This is more like an aftermath. This is why we rate the strap work. So people like the guys with the tires who just came in and hit the FedEx truck, they don't go everywhere. I mean, I guess the strap work probably doesn't really matter that much in that situation, right? I mean, could you really strap it much better to make that not happen? Every time I drive by houses that are like right off a pretty speedy freeway like that, I think about how much anxiety you must like how annoying it would be to live in such a location. <laughs> I mean, hey, props to that guy for getting all those tires in that bed. I mean, that's like that's pretty hardcore. That was pretty hardcore. And the, the FedEx guy, uh, the FedEx guy got uh, got now that's fun. Oh, wait, no wait. We have I think we have what is the next one? This is that was final mile. Well, now we have another. This is actually some strap work for you. Let's take a look at this video right here. You ever get hit by anything when you're driving down the freeway? Uh, I, like a rock. That's it. Oh, wow. Uh oh. Do you uh -oh. take your. Well, at least you he knew he lost it. I mean, he's pulling over. It's true. It's true, but probably like not to probably not to apologize. He's probably just hoping he got his wood. <laughs> you ever see the video? There's an awful Yikes. video online of uh, it doesn't even really show anything. All it is is the audio, but like a brick went through the windshield and like kills this family's mother who's sitting in the passenger seat. Don't don't look that one up. It's not a good D one, dude. I I had a driver who's doing a load for me years ago who had one like the foot of a trailer, um, like the landing gear foot came off and came through his windshield. And oh, wow. literally almost took his head off. I mean, it would have killed him if he hit him. And then he ended up kicking his windshield out and drove 50 miles to the UNFI uh, uh, warehouse to to avoid a late fee. So he drove like 50 miles without a windshield to deliver a load on time for me. Really good friend of mine still to this day. <laughs> wow. And he's just showing up like bugs stuck in his teeth and like his beard smeared across his he's, face. He's like, man, I don't want to I don't want to deal with being late to UNFI. So I'm going to I'm going to drive without a windshield right now. Now, there's a, there's something I've been, you know, we talk about tech all the time. We talk about people, a lot of truck drivers, nervous about autonomous trucks, but, but they've also said, you know, they're going to lose the human element. You know, you got to train these autonomous trucks to pump the horn when the kids are doing this. Take a look at this video right here. Now, this is what life's all about. Look at the kid. He's excited as anything. He's living on this rural road. I think this is the Carolinas. Yeah, I mean, you got to be... Like this is this is the meaning of life right here. Oh yeah. Damn, that's a serious load too. Yeah, he's got some logs going down there. Do you still do that as an adult, or, or when you were a kid, did you pull for the truck horn? And, and are you still in that uh all the, that phase all the, all the time, all the time? I mean, you have to, right? It's it's just like an age old thing to do. So, but as a grown man, do drivers oblige you back, or are they just kind of like? Well, now that I have a daughter, like I'm going to I'm going to just keep using her as kind of like a shield for myself wanting to get drivers to do it for me. So wait, who, who, wait who is who's your shield now? 
Oh, my daughter. Yeah. So she, I, she's like, if she's with me and I, and I pull, like, they're just going to assume it's for her. Right. So that'll be good. How, how old is your, so how old is your daughter? Five months. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so here's the good thing about kids is that like, at a certain age, you can start laundering like, like different types of toys. Like if you're into Legos, you can start, you can start getting like Legos and, and video games mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You have like, you have some nice cover, you know, the wife might not get as, uh, as angsty about some of those purchases, as long as you blame them on the child. That sounds good. But I mean, to date, we've been, you know, I don't know, buying all these like bouncy things, not very useful to me, but I'm looking forward to the Legos. We got a bunch of old Lincoln logs. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah. So for like the next year, you're going to like you. I don't remember the last time you bought D batteries before having a kid, but there's this period in life where like you have a kid and then suddenly everything just runs on D batteries for some reason, like nothing plugs in, nothing charges anymore. Everything just needs D batteries, which are huge and gigantic but then like by two you get to put all that plasky crap in the in the basement yeah i mean luckily my wife's kind of a kind of like a battery hoarder so i wouldn't be surprised if we've got like a good amount of d batteries in my drawer over here not bad not bad well when you are on the go you're out there on a trip what's your like go-to meal oh man i will seek out chipotle like anywhere i am um I'll always seek that out. If that's not an option, like I'm always good for McDonald's. I'm always good for uh, uh, Taco Bell. I mean, I'm really not that picky. All right. Well, here, I got a recipe for you here. I got a recipe for you here. You can either do in the back of your truck. You could do it in your hotel room. You could do it in your office. You could do it anywhere. And as long as people don't mind the smell of fajitas, you are golden. Let's take a look at this recipe and let's see if Reed and I would be able to pull this off. What's cooking? Today's a beautiful day out here in Ormond Beach, Florida. It's almost lunchtime, so you guys already know what that means. We're gonna make some quesadillas. We got some peppers and onions. He, he gets the right tortillas too. Some nice tortillas. We're gonna cut some onions. Oh, we wow, have this the chicken marinated. We're gonna use some salt. gonna go ahead and dice it up nice and small tortilla <laughs> see my problem with the fight is i, I start eating it before i, I can even I get it in the, the tortillas doesn't mind me salivating no i am getting hungry it's cruel to put this on in like the noon o'clock hour we're gonna go ahead and add the chicken now we do the same thing with the other tortilla we add the cheese man i gotta follow this guy cheese. the real truth who cares about all that stuff falling out put it back oh in and there. it's a double-sided it's tortilla quesadilla that's like that's like a veteran move right there Wait a second, how does that work? A double sided. Check it like out. He, he's got two out. tortillas like stacked. As oh, not a flip. That's like, that's, that's, I mean, that's like, uh, wow, wow, yeah. That's it right there. What's up, baby? Oh, man, that's money. And here we have chicken quesadilla. Let's Ooh. go. Chicken Ooh. quesadilla. Let's go give grace. Dear Father God, thank you for this meal. Thank you for everything. Man, this guy's, you know, this guy's dialed. Look at his setup in there. He's got it right. He's even got prayer service that goes on with the quesadillas. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to follow this guy as soon as I get off here. Do you think he could pull that off? Dude, could I pull that off? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. I could, yeah, no, no. I, I, my, my, my mobile setup is, like, if I had a mobile setup, maybe, but, like, I... I'll be honest, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Huh. I, can, I can pull it off in my kitchen, probably. I make quesadillas all the time. Interesting. Have you, have you done a ride-along in a truck yet? 
Actually, no. And the guy who had that foot fly through his windshield, uh, yeah. I talk to him all the time, and and, and he's promised me a, a trip with him to uh, California and back from here. So I got to get that done soon. Oh, interesting. Well, let's take a look at what a day in the life of a, a truck driver and maybe his girlfriend might be. What's going on on this tape, Reed? Would you rather be with a driver who talks a lot or one that barely talks? I mean, I'd like to talk, so I'd be fine with talking. I'm like an Uber driver conversation kind of guy, which, you know, maybe makes me a psycho. Really, what do you talk to the Uber drivers about? Whatever. I usually just ask them about them. People like to talk about themselves, you know. Yeah. Do you do that as a tactic? Like, sometimes when I don't feel like talking, I do that as a tactic. Like, but I'll be, I'll seem, I'll come across as being like more friendly than maybe I am. But it's really just why I don't really feel like talking that much. But I also like want someone to feel good, and I know you have to be social. I mean, I know these guys, you know, these guys and girls have lots of passengers who basically never talk to them. And so I'm just usually like, hey, what's up? Like willing to talk, you know? Yeah. All the things you see. Well, here's another day in life. though. So that was that wasn't a terrible looking day. But here's another thing that a lot of truck drivers face. This is this is what really usually happens to a driver when they show up to location. Let's play the video. So I wanted to get on here and tell you all, I wouldn't necessarily say the downside of trucking, but it is some things that, you know, might discourage you or whatever like that. But don't get discouraged. Just keep going. So currently my truck needs my truck needs to be fixed. Um, I'm at a TA waiting for it to get fixed. It's 942 a.m. My load, I have to do a preloaded, I have to pick up a preloaded trailer at 1 p.m. in Joliet, and I'm about an hour away from my destination. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make that load on time, so that's pushing my time back, pushing my mouths back, and everything like that. Um, they won't be able to service me until 3 p.m., hmm. so ain't no telling what time I'm going to be out of here. It's truck aside, baby. It's trucker's life, baby. I mean, and that's, that's what you have to yeah. deal with all the time. And here's the thing, too. She said she's not getting service until 3, but then that's assuming they have a part and they can get it fixed and they can get it moving yeah. and the bill and all that gets repaid. I mean, that that's the big that has to be like the biggest frustration. Think about like how crazy you go when you're just waiting for someone to reply to you by an email. Now, imagine you're on a time schedule. You're going to get you're going to get chewed out by dispatchers and shippers. And it's not your fault. The truck's just broken. You just need a part. Yeah, I mean, dude, drivers take all the risk at the end of the day, both financially, physically, and just like, you know, bear the brunt of all the crap that happens as a result of just like freight. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And the more we kind of shine a light on that, the better. Well, Reed, people who need to find capacity or they need to make excuses because their truck broke down or didn't break down or they were chased by emus, where do I send them to? Yeah, so lostfreight.com, freight is spelled F-R-8. Uh, that's that's our main site. Um, you can go there. Pleaseadvise.ai is the excuse generator. Um, go there, enter a warehouse name, generate an excuse. Join our Discord. Uh, I, I tweet about that all the time. Back the truck finally joined. So so that's I expect to see you soon here, Junior. So, uh, but oh. if anyone wants to email me, email me at uh, reed at lostfreight.com. 
That was probably Justin. I'm not a, I'm not like a 4chan hacker, so I don't I don't hang on Discord that much. But <laughs> maybe you'll have to maybe you'll have to convert me. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you to our other guests from Street Joan and Taylor Barker. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast at. Say hi to Craig Fuller. He just walked across the floor. <laughs> take care and take it easy, everybody.